I V M. Hey everybody, we'd like to welcome a new sponsor, Storytel. Storytel is an audiobook streaming services for mobile and tablets. If you haven't heard audiobooks before and you're a podcast listener, audiobooks are probably right up your alley. You can enjoy your favorite titles when you travel, exercise, or cook. There are great books over here like the Percy Jackson series is available. If you want like some new fantasy or if you want to go for something old school or classic, you can get either Bram Stoker's Dracula or you could get Edgar Rice Burroughs' John Carter series. Download Storytel today from the app or Play Store and enjoy a free 14-day trial. That's Storytel, S-T-O-R-Y-T-E-L. Storytel from the App Store or Play Store. Download today. You're listening to TFG Football. Good day, everyone. Now, welcome to a brand new episode on a Monday morning. The Monday morning is a fantastic uh, day to be here. What a great start to this week. And uh, I am smiling. I have a very special guest with me on this uh, TFG Indian Football Podcast. Uh, it's an honor to welcome uh, Coach Floyd. He is the coach, the head coach of the AIF Elite Academy and also the India under 19 national team and also the assistant uh, to the Indian Arrows team in the I-League. Welcome coach Floyd Pinto. What a great honor for me to welcome you. Thank you so much, Kevin. Yeah, so also joining us uh, is uh, Chiranjit uh, via phone call. Chiranjit, uh, great, it feels great to be back uh, on another episode uh, and this is going to be a cracker. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to have a coach here. Uh, the podcast has been off for uh, a couple of weeks uh, since we moved to a weekly format. Of course, we're doing the TFG tackles as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, hoping to learn a lot in this episode, actually. It's, it's a rare honor for us to have uh, a coach of such caliber in the studio, actually. Yeah, 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 I'm flattered already. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, uh, great things for me to learn as well. Small coach for, uh, to learn from a very big coach. Uh, uh, again, it, it's an absolute honor to have you uh, with us, Coach Floyd. Uh, so, uh, for today, uh, for the listeners, uh, we will be talking something about uh, Coach Floyd's uh, background, about some history, uh, how he got into the coaching uh, role, uh, what's he, what is he doing currently, and also we'll get him uh, talk about some opinion of his on some hot topics of the Indian football. So let's get going. Uh, Coach Floyd, uh, would you guide us uh, how you've uh, landed uh, into the coaching role? Was it planned? Uh, was it something that you wanted to? Uh, or was it just something that came along and you grabbed it? Well, uh, uh, first of all, I would like to say that it wasn't planned <laughs> at all point of time. Uh, every every kid wants wants to play a sport professionally, and uh, right from a very young age, I was basically a very good athlete. So I was good at all sports. Uh, I played for my school. I played for my college, and uh, at some point of time, uh, you realize. That you know, that passion for sport, that passion for football specifically, wasn't just lying down. You know, it was always getting back at like you know, do something in football. I want to do something in football. Uh, and gradually, when I was in school, it it's like with every Indian parent, it's like when you're in the tenth grade, sports stops, and concentrate on your exams. Try to get. 85% plus as of now it would be a failure uh, but uh, get that kind of marks and get into a good college you either do a medical or you do engineering so that was the pathway for me uh, so 10 standard no football no sport got a good percentage got into St. Xavier's College uh, St. Xavier's College as well played football but it was more relaxed you know, it was a much better environment than in school. But the turning point in my career came when I joined Don Bosco Engineering College. Uh, because it was in the second year of engineering that I decided that, you know, that's it. Uh, uh, engineering and computers. So then 18 so years of her life, you're still, uh, still you know, following, still following every Indian uh, I boy's was, dream. Yeah. Uh, just uh, follow whatever your parents have been telling you. Exactly. But uh, I was always into sport. And I'm, I'm the passion that I uh, share for football specifically uh, is really big. Really big. And uh, I live, breathe, eat, sleep, football, whatever. So... Fortunately, Don Bosco Engineering College had one of the better engineering college teams. So we had uh, X uh, products from Mahindra, from Air India, uh, 
from various other academies who who ended up in Don Bosco Engineering College, uh, ironically, mm-hmm. and it is based in an area in Kalina, where next to Kalina, where you have the budding footballers, hockey players coming from. So uh, we, I started playing football back again in Don Bosco Engineering College, and that's what reignited that passion and that desire to do something in football. And uh, to be honest, in the second year of engineering, I decided that's it. Now I just want to research as to how I can get back into football because playing football professionally was out long ago. Because uh, you know, in this day and age, uh, you need to have that. You need to nurture your talent. You need to have the guidance as far as nutrition, as far as good training methods, as far as recovery, as far as injury management. A lot of these kind of So was it that uh, you do not have enough access, or you do not have enough? Uh... It, it wasn't that enough access. It was there wasn't an opportunity to do so mm-hmm. because uh, the future of a kid uh, to fulfill his passion as far as playing a sport in this country depends largely on the parents. So they weren't that keen on me, or they weren't that confident in me. Uh, making it as a professional or they did for example they as a lot of parents in indian football today or in indian sport today they don't trust a sport can be a career a professional choice for any kid or any sports person or sports woman in indian in the indian uh, culture yeah. you could say so when as a the more i grew up the more i grew up the more independent my thought process started becoming and what what was good about don bosco and you see if any don bosco institution out here and you may know about it is they always encourage sport yeah. they'll always have a football ground to themselves a hockey field to themselves and you'll see play, people you'll see boys enrolled in sports sections so sport was always embedded in the don bosco culture which continued in the engineering college I was fortunate to have a good administrator, uh, Father Adolf Fatado, and he's been my mentor ever since then. So he was the one I approached first. You know, I said, "Father, I want to talk to you, and uh, this is my plan. You know, I intend to get into football post engineering, and uh, I really want to take it up as a passion, be it uh, management or be it coaching, uh, whatever. I want to try that out. So I and the good thing about uh, father adolf was he never uh, pushed you away from your dreams or your passion he always tried to rationalize as to your thinking so he was like okay what do you plan on doing if you want to become a football coach you want to go into management what do you plan on doing and i had no answer at that point of time because i was just too eager to just say i want to do football and so he said you think about it uh, research on management research on coaching and get back to me and then we'll uh, we'll see how to take it forward so at that point of time and till now i'm a big english premier league fan a big liverpool fan and uh, at that point of time in the english premier league you say a manager you'll never say a coach yeah so my mind was always uh, hell bent on being a manager at that and my uh thinking of a manager was a head coach of a football team not a manager per se as we have right now in different leagues so i did a lot of research as far as uh, courses in england so are concerned as far as sports uh, management as far as uh, sports coaching so i applied for five i decided i'll apply for five universities in england so there were leeds metropolitan university the manchester metropolitan university liverpool john moores uh, lubra university and uh, one more and i said if i get through let let us see if i get through these universities maybe i take a chance and uh, get there and this happened throughout the third and fourth year of engineering and i kept having a conversation with father adolf as to what how to go forward so he said you apply we'll give the recommendations and let's see how it goes forward and uh, to my uh, to my good luck i got accepted in all five in all five but as i was in between the registration process and the acceptance there was also uh, a doubt as to whether this would lead me into coaching hmm. because i then realized that man, the 
the perception of management and coaching were two different uh, things you know you go into management you may be getting into sports management and i wanted to be a coach i wanted to work hands on with players hands on with teams and uh, on the ground not sit in front of a computer desk which i would be doing as an engineering <laughs> college student so i got accepted in all five but then the burden of a fi- the financial burden that it would put on me i didn't want to let my mom uh, go through that process again because if i told her uh, the fact that i did engineering uh, she was very happy with it and if i told her i'm leaving engineering and going into i want to go to uk to do football she would, i think she would have got a heart attack or something <laughs> so i said you know let that be let that go aside and then i started focusing on coaching licenses so i started researching as far as again i was never much into indian football and the licenses <laughs> happening in india i was always like okay the uefa license how do i get the uefa b how do i get the uefa a so then i got to know about the fa level 1 the fa level 2 then you get into the uefa b uefa a uefa pro so i said okay this is a good path for me to go about and then when i approached father adolf he said okay you are now he was uh, i think he had accepted the fact that this guy is going to do something in football and he's not going to do anything else so he got in touch he got me in touch with mr adip kenkre who's the founder of kenkre football club and mr joshua lewis who is the ceo of josh uh, kenkre football club so what he told me was and at that point of time i had just accepted uh, an offer from uh, icici lombard to work on a 15 month basis okay. uh, as a database analyst because databases was one of the topics in engineering that uh, excited me a little bit and i had a tendency towards liking that subject so he said see you accepted this why don't you work for these 15 months and side by side on weekends you coach with kingre football academy and see how it goes so the at the end of 15 months we take a call maybe kingre football club will give you a feedback on what your future could be and we can take it from there so that's what i did for 15 months post engineering uh, monday to friday was working sitting on a desktop So then you you didn't leave your studies uh, no 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 I didn't. there was no chance so that, that I would that's absolutely uh, critical to understand for all the youngsters yeah. you know, who might be lis- listening to this podcast and uh, maybe maybe following a same way pathway that you've uh, led through and seen success so yes. I think it's very important to know that you know studies what come what may needs to be completed yeah because you know if I go to if uh, for a person like me who hasn't played football to the highest level if I go to someone and say I want to coach. and uh, they'll say who are you where have you played so at that point of time when you say okay i'm i'm now an a licensed coach and an engineer so then the eyes light up a little bit okay an engineer as well as a football coach so you uh, studies to a certain extent gives you that uh, little level of uh, acceptance with the people in the fraternity to say okay this guy may be knowing maybe adding to football something different as compared to what a normal player turned coach would do so 15 months went in monday to fridays uh, working on in front of a desktop uh, fortunately i had a very good senior who who told me that see floyd and i told him i'm here just for 15 months and i'm going to get out from here and work into football he's saying why you want why why do you want to go into football you've just got into a good company i said so and he was a very open minded guy so he said okay see you do this uh you come in half an hour before i come in these are the checks you need to do once i come in i take over you can do whatever you want so he said okay i said okay that's fine so i followed him and as soon as he used to come in i used to start researching on football topics coaching topics uh the modern trends into football so that what would i do in the weekend how would i coach these boys a lot of these kind of things which helped me a lot and he was very uh, supportive so on saturdays and sundays i started coaching at shivaji park which was close to my place in dadar and i started off with a with a group of 5 to 6 year olds okay. and i must say till date that that has been 
the best experience of my life the coaching those small kids uh, running around here and there was a big challenge and uh, i can relate to that yeah <laughs> just to get these boys interested in you as a coach and just to get them to listen to you as a coach was the first biggest challenge that uh, i faced and uh, i did pretty well I, actually i enjoyed it and the boys re- related to me uh, really well and that took off from there so 15 months in uh, i got a feedback from mr adip kenkre i got a feedback from joshua uh that you know yeah you know there is a future for you as a coach and uh, you know we'd be ready to take you in in a much more uh in the professional setup or semi professional setup at that point of time because kinkre was a second division id club so i was like okay so let's do this so we sat together mr adip kinkre mr joshua lewis father dolf myself and we said okay this is what i'm going to do now and that's how it started so that was my first steps into coaching and where it started all kicked off yeah i i, I think uh, this is really inspirational for mm. everybody who's uh, you know might be thinking two times about uh, should i be continuing with my studies uh, when you have a dual interest with your studies no it's it, it's you know very uh, no critical to understand that uh, although you know we moved ahead from from a time where sports was considered as a hobby to making it a profession i i think you know you can uh, be again a good advocate of that that yes it, it's much more better than from what you at, at your time yeah. uh, to you know vouch for somebody who can uh, go ahead yeah, and make yeah. a professional career into sports and uh, you know just just a glance of uh, things how things have changed from your time to right uh, right now you know uh, football has been brought up uh, in in a way that everybody can look forward and get access to whatever things yes. now even coaching if you can uh, you know uh, understand that there are a lot more coaching uh, facilities available who it's a much really better time to be a football coach and a football player at this point of time even a budding football player or a budding football coach you have access to licenses right now you have access to a lot of academies you have access to a lot of clubs that are looking for talented players so you know all you need is a uh, that passion to play that passion to work hard and i think if you have these two the talent will be nurtured in time yeah uh, just coming to uh, you know one point where you know of, uh, from moving from a time where you know things were very in hazy to things being clear right now uh, what was the big factor that you felt you know was lacking earlier uh, maybe we can uh, put infrastructure I- at one point there uh, do you think you know have we moved little closer to uh, being accessible to good infrastructure and good facilities right now uh there's a big change as far as uh, uh you would say the fifa world cup that recently happened hmm. it helped a lot in developing an already budding sporting culture in india so that sporting culture if it keeps if it is nurtured on a regular basis i think that would provide a bigger platform uh for the sport to grow in india as far as infrastructure is concerned with the world cup happening and now with the isl clubs having their own stadiums per se uh, we have a lot of fields that are accessible to players and to teams to provide uh, a very good training environment because uh, like i said 5 to 6 year old training at shivaji park is not an ideal yeah. playing ground for those boys you know imagine a goalkeeper training at shivaji park he would never come the next day <laughs> so uh, partly having good grounds to train on and uh, having good facilities to train on is improving with time and i think the fifa world cup has helped big time yeah uh, on the topic of the world cup i think chiranjit we can uh, no, i i can get you in over here uh, we did see some of the countries getting along tutors uh, mid midway through the tournament having them you know complete their academics even when the biggest stage of football was on uh, you know how is that uh, how would you uh, get that into uh, a world cup which you know, which matters to you the most and even have your acad- academics going along simultaneously yeah well i i haven't really had that experience uh, i used to play football for school and college but was i didn't really think i would make it so never really put that 
much effort behind it. I was pretty much one of the laziest players uh, out there. Uh, so yeah, studies were always going to be the priority. So uh, I I don't really uh, you know connect with that experience, but I understand how difficult it might be if you are putting in like three four hours of training every day and you're expected to uh, study after that uh, for board exams or something like that. And it has to be some something that that really uh, gnaws at uh, players who are going through that experience because you only have. I mean, 15, 16-year-olds, seriously, they, they can't really be expected to, uh, you know, excel at everything at, at the same time. And uh, and there's limited time, so you put in some time in this, it hampers the other thing. So I think, the, uh, you know, something that was uh, going on a couple of years ago, there was that campaign uh, to include uh, sports as a curriculum uh, so so that you can get credits uh, or numbers uh, for the sport you're pursuing. So that may bridge that a little bit, but I don't think it does a full job at it. Uh, or, or or you can see some other countries like China or UK, which already incorporate that priority that a, that a kid is growing up to be uh, a player, has a possibilities as a professional player. So maybe the education has to take that into account, and uh, the you know the assignments and uh, exam schedules uh, be adjusted to that. I really don't know if that can work in an Indian system, and I would really like to know what coach thinks about of this. Yeah, uh, when I was coaching at Kingre, uh, Kingre Football Club, Mr. Adip Kingre had this tagline, which attached to Kingre Football Club was that you play the beautiful game beautifully, and to play the beautiful game beautifully, your mind needs to work before your feet. And uh, if you are intelligent off the field, it reflects directly on the field as far as your game intelligence is concerned. And uh, don't get me wrong, it's not that if you get 90%, you're going to be a good footballer. It's just uh, triggering that thought process in your head. Uh, you need to be constantly thinking in the game there are so many decisions like for example if a player is receiving the ball there are so many decisions he needs to take where, where do I receive the ball where do I turn who do I pass to what do I do with it so you know basically even with the AIFF Academy when we had boys coming in a lot of boys were in the distant education uh, section so they used to have uh, be attached to the, their boards and give their exams whenever the time came but none of very few of them could even speak in English so basically mm. having simple English uh, uh, conversation in English classes with them you know uh, helped a lot as far as helping the player speak his mind out helping mm. the player get his thought out, thought process out so for a player coming from south or for a player coming from uh, uh, Kolkata or Kerala, some place like that, they weren't able to express themselves uh, verbally as much as they could do uh, on the with their feet on the ground. So just a simple twist as far as getting them con uh, into conversational English classes uh, helped a lot because that encouraged these boys to be much more open on the field much more confident on the field and basic words like you know pass or basic words like turn or uh, release these kind of basic words help uh, build on their performance so and as far as uh, in Bombay is concerned you didn't have that problem because these boys were mm. in uh, coming from uh, international board schools and uh, coming from a good background getting good nutrition at home getting good f facilities as far as doctors is concerned the only thing about them was to get them to think the way you wanted them to think on the ground so education does play a big role and it like abroad even when when i was in the uk i had gone for my license out there so there were boys who had come in for the training sessions like we have in the coaching courses so when they were with us on the ground they had to spend the entire day there. So we had morning sessions and we had sessions in the evening. So they, tr they had sessions with us in the morning. They had a lunch break. They had an hour to themselves. And then before the evening session, they had tutors coming in. Okay. So, and it's not like a burden 
for you that you have to get 90%, you have to get 80%. It's just that in that hour, in that one hour, you devote your time towards the subjects that you have taken up in school. So in that hour, if you're just working with a tutor on your math or on your English, that was fine with them. It was not a burden. So it was just triggering them to think, okay, I need to do focus on my studies. If my grade drops, I may not get into that academy or not get into that soccer school. Yeah. So uh, I think what we can uh, take out from this is, you know, although you know studies might not uh, be your priority, but you know it has to be given some importance. You cannot yeah. be neg- neglecting your, your academics. Uh, coming uh, to a new topic, I, I think this interests me a lot. Uh, to the methods of coaching, uh, Coach Floyd, uh, what what is your style of coaching? You know, uh, wh- how have over the years have you built yourself? You know, uh, does uh, coaching licenses? Uh, you know, fulfill your your plan to create a perfect session uh, of coaching or have you yeah, as, learned as, something as, as far well? as coaching licenses are concerned when I joined Kinkre uh, I waited a long time for my uh, license so I went to the UK to get my license done I was so frustrated waiting for a coaching license in India I said you know might as well so go this to was the, the UK the C license you're talking about yeah the C license it wasn't happening at all and I was really concerned because one thing that I had decided at that point of time and which was put into my head by Mr. Kinkre and Joshua is that if you don't have your licenses, you will not be taken seriously as a coach. And if you don't have your licenses, you will not be able to progress up the ladder as far as not just coaching kids, but as far as coaching youth and as far as coaching the second division I-League team, which was my, uh, which was the Kinkre elite team at that point of time so I went to the UK I did my FA level 1 I did my FA level 2 back to back out there and I thought that you know that would I could come back and equate it to a C license but then that didn't happen as well so it uh, they weren't the the AFC at that point of time or the AFF weren't privy to weren't open enough to equate that license to a C license so I waited again and fortunately the next year there was a C license in Bombay mm. and I rushed towards that and I did my C license. So that was in 2010 I think. From 2010 to 2014 there wasn't any B license. There wasn't any B license. I was searching for a B license course. I applied for one, didn't get through. Then I went all the way to Mizoram to do my B license I said I need to do it at any point so in 2014 I went to Mizoram under Scott O'Donnell and I completed my B license out there and fortunately for me I was so aggressive that I applied for every successive A license that came in and uh, there was an A license in Goa the very next year so usually you're supposed to wait for a year before doing your A license but six months after doing my B license I got accepted into the A license course so I was really happy and that was under Mr. Vincent Subramaniam and Scott O'Donnell. So I cleared that at the first attempt as well. So I believe uh, you were one of the youngest coaches at that time uh, to clear yeah, the A license. Yeah, there have been, I think, coaches younger than me. But one of the youngest in the batch, of course, yeah, mm-hmm. for that. So pursuing my licenses was one of my major, what do you say, priorities at that point of time. Because I know if I say now I'm an A licensed coach, I'll, I'll be taken seriously or I'll be listened to. Uh, the second thing as far as coaching metal, uh, the coaching licenses are concerned, it's a big difference from the AFC and the UEFA uh, way of doing things. And uh, in, in England, when they, when they have these licenses, it is, the, it, there is very little emphasis on theory. Okay. There is more emphasis on the practical aspect of the game. And... Uh, they constantly keep you on your toes as far as uh, the the UEFA license is concerned. So I not only really did my FA level 1 and 2, as I was waiting for my B license, I went for the UEFA international license. Because at that point of time, I told you, English Premier League, crazy, I wanted to do my licenses. And that gave you a shortcut towards the UEFA A. Because that's, that's what it said. Only now, I would recommend that none of the Asian coaches do that be- or might as well go for the proper UFRB because it's a waste of time and it's a maybe a money spinning mm. thing. But that license actually taught me uh, how to think, 
how to think as a coach and how to it maybe i matured as a coach when i went for that license licensing course one of the aspects in that licensing course was it was always uh, as far as ufa b is concerned it was always 11 versus 11 so there were two teams of 11 versus 11 and all the coaches are on the touchline so the instructor just stands there and he's like stop so the game stops floyd get in coach blue team now you don't know what to coach hmm. you don't know what what's so in that instructor just thrown into a situation just thrown into a situation and uh, we were one my side was given the defending aspect the other team was given the attacking aspect so and i was one of the only uh, coaches where i went in and i just looked around and looked at the shape looked at where the ball was and very reluctantly i said coach you know i don't think there's anything to coach so everything is okay he said are you sure yes okay come out and so it was like that you're just put on the spot and fortunately there was nothing to coach so i was safe at that point of time so it kind of keep keeps you on your toes keeps you thinking and uh, they want to put you in out get you out of that comfort zone what uh, what the difference what you uh, what i see in uh, the afc licenses uh, is that there's a lot of emphasis on the theory as well mm-hmm. and uh, the practical sessions uh, there could be a little more uh, uh, openness to it a little more rea- uh, realism to it and which uh, right now if you see mr savio madara and uh, richard hood are revolutionizing the 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 coaching process Uh, so to say so it's getting it's moving in a much better direction uh, i've heard uh, the similar things happening when in the a license when mr scott and rob ban held it at navi mumbai so one of the coaches uh, mr yusuf ansari who's the goalkeeping coach with indian arrows he said one day we were just walking towards the ground after after having a theory session and at the spur of the moment rob ban says okay yusuf you're going to work on the back four just just like that so it's it's things like that that makes you uh, puts you on your keeps you on your toes gets you out of that comfort zone and uh, those are the kind of things we need from coaching courses you know yeah. uh, trying to learn something new rather than following the uh, the same so at at kinkre uh, i like i said play the beautiful game beautifully so it was always uh, my the coaching was always how can i get my players to play uh, the beautiful game beautifully or to play in a nice way which mm. people would say okay yeah good they look so comfortable on the ball so i used to research a lot about uh, different different coaches different styles different formations different shapes but another thing what mr adib kingre told me is that you may research you may know have all the knowledge in the world but if you are not as a coach if you are not able to simplify that knowledge and put it across to your player he will never be able to play the way you want him to play so that was the challenge that i took forth you know i had a lot of information with me but what information should i put across to which kid was the challenge to get them to play that kind of football so i was coaching Five to six year olds, eight year olds. I was coaching the under seventeen, the under nineteens, and I was coaching the second division I League team as well. So, what session suits which team uh, was the challenge for me at that point of time? And uh, right th- through to the AFF academies as well. Uh, the AFF academies further solidified my uh, methodology of playing the game beautifully because AFF insisted on build-ups from the back. Mm-hmm. which was something that helps you uh, dominate possession aiff insisted on pressing which is something that so you don't have the ball get the ball back quickly as soon as possible so we were given the freedom to express ourselves as a coach in the build up so every coach had a different style we were given the freedom to express ourselves as far as pressing so every coach had a different style of pressing so these kind of th- at every stage i kind of added a little bit more to how i wanted a team to play and it's happening right now as well yeah. so you keep learning yeah uh, on on the on the same lines uh, one question i want to ask you is uh, how has technology uh, helped in coaching oh huge uh, 
I feel uh, at this point of time, if you're not using technology, you're losing out as a coach. Because uh, a lot of coaches feel that technology right now uh, is a means by which someone can... Uh, you know, uh, point out flaws in your coaching system. But I would think the opposite. You know, uh, technology as far as maybe the GPS uh, or uh, even sports science is a technology in its own aspect is there for the coach uh, to guide the coach in the right direction. So uh, I feel a coach should have enough knowledge about all these. You cannot be a master of sports science, a master of uh, another technology as well as coaching yeah the head coach should always have the final say in all these things but sports science gps technology is there to help you to guide you uh, in order to uh, improve your training sessions in order to periodize your training sessions in such a way that the players are conditioned in the right in the right sense uh, that is why you know uh, fortunately for me uh, Danny, the 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 national team uh, sports scientist, is based in Goa. So I have regular conversations with him. I have questions with him, even when he was associated with uh, the under nineteen team uh, earlier. So I'm getting to know a lot about how the national team works as far as uh, using the GPS is concerned, using sports science is concerned, and it's a very big aspect of football right now which can only help coach further uh, improve his coaching sessions. It can only help a team further improve their performance on the pitch. Yeah. I, I think uh, that was uh, some great uh, insights into coaching and a lot of technicalities uh, for the first time, at least for me, uh, to mm. know, know the, the nitty-gritties of uh, the workings of uh, the AFF and uh, so many things uh, to learn from. Uh, so that was the first half of the show. Uh, and in the second half, uh, be prepared to uh, listen to some opinions from uh, various topics, the, the hot topics, especially in Indian football. Uh, be back after the break. Hi, I'm Amit Verma, the host of the weekly podcast, The Seen and the Unseen. In my show, I examine the seen effects and the unintended consequences of public policy and private action. I show how policies meant to help the poor often end up hurting the poor. I've done episodes so far on demonetization, GST, surgical strikes, immigration and MRP. And I will continue my forensic assault on the truth in the weeks to come. Catch the show every Monday on the IVM Podcast app or any other podcasting app that you prefer. Or visit seenunseen.in for all the latest updates. Alright, welcome back guys after the break and as we promised, uh, we'll be talking about Indian football, current scene and uh, what is uh, all about uh, the Arrows team that just finished this season and they'll be heading into the qualifiers of the Super Cup. Yes, uh, so Coach Floyd, back. Uh, welcome back after the break. Uh, so the Arrows, uh, everybody's eyes were on uh, on the Under-17 team, uh, obviously, during the World Cup, prior to the World Cup and now after the World Cup as well. So the, the Pylon Arrows uh, was revived as a project and uh, they would name the Indian Arrows and they were put into the I-League. Now, first question to you. Uh, the under-17 team, average aged 16-17, uh, playing against uh, you know, much, much physically bigger and uh, twice, almost twice the ages. Uh, so what was the idea behind uh, the revival of the Indian Arrows? Uh, well, basically, uh, if, if you, uh, whenever we go for the AFC competitions and you'll, uh, we play against the likes of Iran, uh, Saudi Arabia, the players playing at the under-19 level out there already have experience of playing in their national league if if, if may, it, some of them may not get the game time but they are playing and training with with professional players so the idea for the indian arrows playing in the i league was f to give these boys as much game time as possible uh, keeping them together as a group and i think if uh, if we look at uh, the overall game time achieved by the players playing in the Indian Arrows and players of a similar age group in various clubs, you could see there's a marked difference in the amount of game time that someone has achieved. 
and that can only help a player develop in his potential or into a professional footballer as yeah uh, so chiranjit i would like to get you in uh, uh, at this point of time uh, when we you know we've done with the world cup and you know this is looking forward to a moment where you know preparedness uh, to the next afc competition now do you think this team uh, you know looks much more prepared and you know heading into a proper experience playing with senior players playing into a league not really a knockout tournament it is more than practice matches do you, do you feel this is much more you know required uh, going forward for all teams well it was uh, really required to see uh, aniket uh, rahim uh, we had uh, Wang Jam, everybody else, you know, who, who had uh, put in the effort uh, in the Under-17 World Cup, they had this huge build-up going into that competition. Uh, of course, uh, should have won that one game, uh, uh, got unlucky. But see, we need to see them playing against uh, bigger opponents uh, because that's what we do, right? I mean, uh, Stephen Constantine also used to talk about it. We are playing bigger and fitter opponents, so we need. players who know how to punch up and uh, arrow started off everybody was a little bit uh, anxious to see how these things would play out but the four victories they amassed uh, and especially that game uh, against uh, churchill brothers where they won yeah they, these these games were not you know it, it were the, the old pelan arrows that we used to see it things would sometimes uh, I don't know how to exactly express it, but we would see sometimes the big teams would take it slow against the arrows, you know, and uh, not play it that physically. But this time it was Churchill Brothers also playing for survival. It was a physical game, and the arrows players never backed down, and that was one of the revelatory uh, sides of this uh, this team that they could match up to players who were like ten kilos heavier. and uh, four is four to five inches taller or or even uh, bigger than that they could match up to them physically and uh, I, i would really like to know what how coach uh, uh, you and uh, mr uh, mato uh, you uh, approached this aspect of the game uh, when suddenly you know you're putting them up uh, against the uh, biggest clubs in the country in the top division yeah two two things i would like to say first about the boys you know these boys have been together for almost 4 to 5 years right from when they were in the AFF academy in goa right through to all the exposure trips and then playing the world cup and uh, these boys uh, one thing that i've noticed having not been associated with them till the indian arrows project i i wasn't uh, associated with them so one thing i saw was you know these boys are one of the most mentally toughest boys that i've seen nothing faces them nothing faces them you know you bring any team in front of them whether it be a age group team or whether it be a senior team whether it be foreign players or local players these guys just say like you know bring it on let's let's do this so that that attitude really helped us in the in the i league so no matter whether it was a loss whether it was a a win obviously helped a draw whether it was an away match whether it was traveling to and forth these boys just uh, you know showed up game after game because they had that hunger in themselves you know like we want game time we want to prove ourselves against uh, the professional players against foreigners and going back to the second one is uh, uh, matos coach matos you know as a coach if you see you can generalize most of the portuguese coaches you know they have a lot of emphasis on organization on being organized as a team uh, giving as less space as possible for uh, the opposition to play and when we get the ball we try to hit on the counter or we try to keep the ball and catch the opposition off guard and where these two a uh, kind of philosophies blended really well was that the fitness levels of these boys was so high that we knew that even if it was like for example the churchill brothers game in the 93rd minute you see players like abhijit boris deepak tangri sprinting up the pitch to score a goal uh, was really uh, enlightening to see because 
two philosophies. One is the the, the Portuguese philosophy of being organized in your defensive half, uh, being organized as a group, and then countering with speed, blended beautifully. And when it came together in those games, um, it looked really beautiful. Yeah, I, I think uh, that uh, the point that uh, Coach Floyd is making was uh, very well highlighted in the game against Mohan Bagan uh, mm-hmm. when uh, I think uh, Captain Amarjit was uh, sent, sent off. off. Yeah, and the game that they played in the second half, it's almost twenty-five minutes with a man down yeah, against man Mohan down. Bagan uh, in their home ground. In their home ground, and that was something that you know that showed that really showed the character of the team mentally, physically. I think tactically also it played yeah. uh, a very well. Uh, it showed and that's what you no know, got got them developed into you know every game that they played that really culminated into the churchill brothers yeah you no know, the the energy that they showed at the 90th minute of the game i think it was the same as the first minute of first the game first minute of the game and you no know, you can't beat a team that's uh, running yeah so you even uh, coach constantine talked about nepal you know they they being you know the 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 shorter version of you know so many other good teams they high on energy it's difficult to beat that's so high on energy even in the second of the game I, I think even the pressing part uh, we we've seen them do so well yeah. even in the World Cup that they you know the, yeah. uh, it was applied yeah. and so many times we able to win the ball back is as that final the final third uh, when they get to it I, yeah. I think that that is where somewhere we can be little better than that but then yeah. again when prog- when you measure progress it's how you do better from the last time yeah. and this season for arrows has been you no know, outstanding even uh, the victories that they are, the in the style they've, they have come from must have been you know very uh, very nice to watch and yeah. it's it's a huge compliment uh, to see the under 17 team you know, do so well even after Uh, such a long time, and, and I would I would believe it was a short time for them to come together and be prepared for the World Cup. But then, right now they are looking much much you know more lethal than what they yeah, were. Yeah, and and, and and the beauty of these boys is that you ask them, you know, are you happy with your I League campaign? They'll say obviously not. We finished last. They'll they'll actually tell it to you straight on your face. You know, like you, we finished last. We feel we can do much better. And given the opportunity again, I think you'll see a much more different. Arrows outfit a much more confident outfit, and the results and the performances will be much better the next time around. That is the good thing about these boys. They are not satisfied with this result. They are not satisfied with this campaign. They want to do much better, given the chance next time around. Yeah, on the same lines, uh, I League, uh, Coach Floyd. Uh, how interesting has the league got? Uh, we are into the last match day, yeah, and we don't know who's going to take the cup. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, the fairy tale was Minerva going to win the league. Yeah, I think now and Chiranjit will be very happy. The fairy tale would be if Mohan Bagan wins the league. <laughs> you know, it's, it's there is no chance. Coach, coach, <laughs> please, uh, absolutely. Uh, no, just just this is uh, just for the listeners as well. Yeah, uh, there is zero chance for Mohan Bagan to win the league because uh, even if they win the last match, yeah, uh, and uh, and they will be at thirty three points, and if uh, if Minerva draw, uh, they win the league. Uh, if Neroka win, uh, you know somebody has to get some points, right? Yeah. In the last game, uh, Minerva Punjab versus Neroka. So if it's a draw, Minerva Punjab will go to 33, and they will be uh, ahead in head to head. Head to head, yeah. yeah. And uh, if Neroka win, they win the league as well. Uh, if Minerva win, obviously they win the league. Uh, East Bengal are in a position where if they uh, win the last two matches, uh, they are ahead of. Minerva uh, Punjab in head to head, so they win the league. So Minerva, no Neroka, and East Bengal who have the chance. Okay. Mohan Bagan can at best finish for a uh, wish for a second finish. Uh, is this Chiranjit talking or is it somebody else in uh, Chiranjit's voice? <laughs> I, I can hardly believe. <laughs> it's it's heartbreaking for me as well, and uh, I'm just I'm just uh, you know wondering if if we had somehow beat uh, Indian Arrows at home, you know, we would be having a very different conversation right now. <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, talking about uh, you know the, the way ahead, uh, uh, Coach Floyd. Uh, how how do you see this uh, Arrows team going forward? What are what are the plans basically? You know, what, how do you plan to take them ahead? In fact, we are still about to discuss. We are waiting for the Super Cup to mm-hmm. get done with. So we we regroup back on the eighth of uh, March, plan for the, prepare for the Super Cup, take one game at a time. And then see what happens because the one thing that these boys need right now is a little bit of a break. You know, mm-hmm. they need a break to 
get back to their private lives they need to just think away from football a little bit and after that we regroup and uh, with abhishek yadav who's the national team's director with the head coach matos we discuss and see what's the future plan for them because as of now there's uh, yeah there's no concrete plan in place but okay. hopefully we could play the i league next year and have a few exposure trips to get these guys back in on sync. on that topic uh, you know coach, oh, <laughs> coach i would i just want to take you back to the point you made uh, coach uh, a little while ago about the players being together for 3 4 years uh, and uh, but but we have seen some players sort of going on a different direction like komal joined atk later and uh, dheeraj left the uh, arrow side midway through the season and uh, uh, you know tried his hand abroad how do you see this uh, you know is it is it better for these players to stick together in arrows or should they go to uh, other teams where they get to uh, practice with uh, senior players and experience something else or or even you know since they have had a world cup exposure they should even uh, consider a, a no stint abroad how what's your take on this uh, different options yeah the whatever be the option whether it is india or abroad the like uh, the advice that i would give to any player is that you go wherever you can get game time if you're not getting game time uh, that would seriously hamper your chances of development uh, the the second thing for example komal going to atk uh, Okay he made the decision that he wanted to go to ATK and he got a few minutes on the pitch as well but the advantage of being uh, in an ISL team is that you're he's training with foreigners he's training with professionals he has good facilities to train with not only as far as the playing ground is concerned the nutrition the injury management sports science strength and conditioning and that if you're not getting game time you should at least have that kind of environment around you which can help you develop as a player so maybe next season if he steps up and proves himself you never know these boys uh, komal can make it into the first team uh, i'll give you the yeah. example of uh, jerry uh, uh, and the the anirudh thapa batch the 98 group batch jerry was with us uh, went to fc mets uh, trained out there came back uh, for, fortunately he got a chance to play in the chennai uh, team made a mistake in the first match gave away the penalty yeah. but since then it's, he's never looked back he's cemented that place uh, as left back in the chennai team he's broken into the afc under 23 the indian national team so all it requires is a chance so if a player like komal or dheeraj or shubham any other player like that who's not in the world cup squad and are on the fringes of an ISL team or an I league team they just need that one opportunity but till then if they have that environment around them to succeed you never know what can happen yeah coach uh, one of the things uh, that has actually a bit uh, stood out is uh, how prolific they have been on the attack i mean uh, the highest indian scorer in i league is abhijit sarkar with four goals and i think he's the only uh, and and uh, yeah singham singh is also there so and a player from arrows is the highest scoring indian in an i league did you see this coming and uh, was there any particular work done on the uh, on the uh, attacking side of arrows going into no, i, I wasn't aware of that fact <laughs> as well that abhijit is the highest goal scorer but it it goes to show you know most of the teams uh, you have the position as the center forward or the attacking midfielder you have foreigners out there so there is very little yeah. scope of an indian guy getting into the uh, position of the highest goal scorer what what mm. what was the what was the deal with abhijit is that he's uh, he knows how to be the compliment that i would give him is he's not an out and out number 9 you know mm. but he is always at the right place at the right time inside the box whether it be in if you've noticed in the world cup a few of the best chances i think fell to abhijit and even in the i league he scored four goals but i think if he would have converted all his chances he should have at least had eight goals by now so he's always in the right place at the right time so if uh, that's what we've been uh, hoping and he's got the chance to play at indian arrows he's got a chance he may not start every game 
but whenever he's fit he always comes on as a substitute when the game's opened up a bit and that has helped him get these goals uh just one uh, uh, opinion i would like i'd like to take from you uh, uh, coach floyd now, now we've seen the under 17 team uh, go you no know, elaborately for exposure trips abroad and you know at the end just before the uh, the, the actual uh, world cup we saw them play domestic matches now just a comparison you know, how has the domestic matches uh, you know been of of help to for for the, for the team uh you know yes uh, expo- exposure trips do yeah. get you a lot of experience but then what is it compared to uh, domestic matches you know how is the quality of opposition and no uh, it's not about if if you go to see uh, the main aspect when you talk about exposure that would uh, develop a player or take the player to the next level is that you need to get that player or that group of players out of their comfort zone so if you if you say exposure trips uh going abroad and winning every match 10-0 and coming back may not be the ideal exposure playing against a team that gets you out of your comfort zone pushes you to the limit would be a much better uh exposure so when we were with the under 19 squad out here or even the world cup boys we always played against senior teams we always played against uh teams that are uh for example uh, the under 17 world cup team played the developmental squad of bengaluru which were you know not seasoned professionals but they were one step below these kind of games can get you out of your comfort zone and get you uh you know to that next level as far as exposure trips are concerned sometimes it's not just the football you know the weather abroad the travel the food a uh, training on better surfaces exposure to better equipment exposure to better environments these are the kind of uh, aspects that can also help you develop as a player and these boys have benefited from that traveling almost to every continent in the world they've been exposed to so many different cultures so many different styles of play uh, different weather conditions different uh, surfaces that these guys have now matured in such a way they know exactly how to deal with different kind of situations hmm. the only problem so with coach, this yeah. Uh, you, yeah coach you are going to probably face mumbai city fc uh, in the super cup qualifiers yeah so uh, is that is that also part of uh, that same process you know uh, exposing yourself to a, a foreigner heavy uh, you know a squad with uh, a lot of experience definitely in fact now you know there's no there's no need to motivate these boys because if they the fact that we are going to play an ISL team itself these boys are going to be charged up you know we were we were all uh, just a f- small fact we were all uh, hoping it would be kerala blasters you know playing kerala blasters <laughs> in kochi with rahul in our team would be the ideal uh, super cup match for us but playing mumbai city fc is going to be a tough challenge because you know if uh, coach uh, alex gumeresh is a very tactically astute coach and i think they these guys are going to be it's going to be a real tough battle against us and that's one thing for sure is that these boys are not going to make it easy for mumbai city fc to run through us yeah just before we uh, uh, take in uh, your uh, thoughts on uh, the first semi final that uh, is coming along for the isl just want to know about uh, what is the best part about you know working with uh, teenagers uh, with boys 16 to 19 years old what has been your best moment and what is that one challenge that you've always faced you know the challenge is that uh, the best part is these boys are open to whatever you say as a coach like i said it's easier to mold it's much easier to mold the only thing is you, you should know how to simplify it and tell it to these boys uh it's these boys are so coachable at this point of time it's unbelievable mm-hmm. you know every match a different tactic a different shape a different formation these boys are ready for it technically tactically mentally physically they're ready so it's so ideal for a coach to work with this set of boys that uh, you can do basically whatever you want out of them and you, you as a coach if anything goes wrong you can say okay i'm at fault these boys have given me 200% that's never been a problem with these boys uh the the aspect is uh, the aspect of uh, a challenge the challenging part would be that these boys are prone to making schoolboy errors you know uh the the one thing that i've noticed uh, 
you know maybe for youth a youth player from abroad or the and a youth player from india is that the concentration levels or the level of professionalism the level of seriousness is not there for a prolonged period of time you know it drops a little bit so if these boys can maintain that and there are some of the boys in this squad and i could take names for example someone like amarjit you know he is so focused he is so determined and he always wants to improve at any point of time you put him in any isl team or any i league team right now he'll fit in straight away with professional players and we need more players to follow in that direction another example would be anirudh thapa jerry lalinswala these boy kind of players we need those kind of players who can give you a that same level of performance week in week out without being satisfied with their previous performance they should always have that hunger so that is a small aspect which we can uh, which a challenge that you face regularly kind of trying to tell them you know this is not it you know let's step up a little bit more next time around right uh, so isl playoff uh, bengaluru plays uh, fc pune city yeah. your thoughts bengaluru i feel you know bengaluru have not got out of first gear you know, they are just still playing the way they want to play it's scary you know what these guys can do if they just step up a bit uh you know but i feel pune city fc are a very fit bunch uh the coach is a very uh tactically astute coach so i think it's it's going to be how bengaluru can break, break through the pune uh defense and can pune counter and uh, get some goals against this bengaluru outfit which i think very few teams have managed uh If you're asking me for a result from Bengaluru and Pune, then I think I think Bengaluru is the favorite to go through. All right, Chiradev, your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I, you know, I what I say about the playoffs, I think it's nothing but a cash grab. Uh, if you want to <laughs> be taken seriously as a league, just have the league. There, what's the point of having semi-finals and finals? Bengaluru FC lead the second-place team by eight points. Eight points. I mean, to me, they are the champions. To me, like uh, Chennai FC won the uh, first first season of ISL and uh, Mumbai City won the 2016 season as well. So, yeah, it's it's it doesn't make sense for that it's even happening because you already have a knockout tournament in the Super, Super Cup. So, what's the semi-finals and finals? Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, of course, uh, the second match between Bengaluru and. Uh, Is is a bit interesting uh, case study uh, because uh, Pune City were getting their act right. They started slow, and uh, they held Bengaluru to a draw at Kanti Rava, which is not an easy feat. And uh, it it seemed like that uh, you know after just uh, getting that uh, goal early on, which came through Sathak Goli by the way, and uh, it's it's it seemed like they were holding on, holding on. and uh, the coach sort of wanted to push through with a 1-0 win okay and and this is this is the the mentality that sort of got them because uh, bfc doesn't slow down they just keep attacking till the 90th minute at all times uh, kind of what indian arrows do you know and uh, regardless of uh, what the score line is so if if the coach punicity uh, tries that again it's not going to go well you know it's it's going to end up being uh, Uh, something like the match uh, that happened uh, at Balewadi between these two teams. This match is at Balewadi, though I think. So yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna end up becoming like that. So if something like that, you can try only once against Bengaluru FC. You know that that uh, that kind of uh, waiting game. If you, if you get lucky early on and you take the lead, you know, I think it, it has to be. If I can, be if, if I can get in, you know, one thing that I've yeah. observed in Pune FC with uh, Coach Popovich, I think his pressing has been uh, really good to a certain extent in the earlier part. You know, and I would, yeah. I would hope to see that if he can implement that pressing style against Bengaluru, I think it would make for a good game uh, to watch. And I feel that if he can keep that pressing to a certain level they could get something out of that game by sitting back as you said i think we can hope that they can shut out bengaluru but over two legs i don't think uh, that strategy would hold in good stead yeah yeah all right uh, on that note uh, we bring uh, this 
extensive show uh, to to its closure uh, it's been great learning from uh, coach floyd pinto and uh, chiranjit me are honored uh, to be part of the same show as you uh, we hope to see you uh, in the future uh, once again if you've got more topics uh, obviously uh, more cute topics and that interests me a lot and uh, on that note uh, i would like to thank uh, floyd pinto uh, coach for floyd pinto again uh, for being there with us uh thank you thank you kevin thank you uh, chiranjit and tfg for this you know any time you need to talk about football i'm always ready so <laughs> anything for football as i say that's that's great to hear coach yeah. uh, i i'm it's it's really, i'm really thankful that uh, we got to uh, take part in this conversation and uh, for the listeners uh, the next episode of tfg tackles uh, will come out on the 9th of march we will uh, do a round up of the i league title race so uh, stay tuned for that All right uh, so that's a wrap from our end uh, uh, as you know uh, we are uh, we will no longer do a, a, a daily show we'll be heading into a weekly format uh, for the audio podcast uh, do tune in tfg podcast is uh, available on ivm on the android and ios version do uh, give it a try there are a lot of awesome shows that are available on this app and uh, tfg football is the twitter handle that you need to follow for all the indian football action and uh, coach floyd pinto is also available on twitter do give him a follow and uh, do uh, watch his activities uh, liverpool fan and arrows uh, assistant coach excellent to know from him chiranjit oja is also available on twitter uh, so uh, as uh, siju matthew who is not available with us but she will be back soon i am also there uh, if you would like to talk to us youtube channel is where you want to send your comments uh, whatever you felt about the show uh, it was a great learning for us uh, if you've learned something from the show do let us know show your love like share subscribe on youtube channel and uh, be tuned in uh, for tfg tackles as well have a great day folks a great monday morning for us to start off with uh, hope you have a great week ahead see you in another episode bye take care there she stands a podcast addict outside the bank having traveled several miles to get in with other poor souls like her the journey though daunting for this youngling will have some comfort because she has downloaded her favorite podcast you can see more of her species on ivmpodcasts.com your one stop destination where you can check out the coolest indian podcasts happy listening